This is Bert Bollinger, editor of Hardwood Floors Magazine. The episode of the NWFA Real Answers podcast that you're listening to today is brought to you by the NWFA Emerging Leaders Council. Today we have Michael Martin and Chris Izza on the phone, and we are going to talk to them about what's going on in the world today. Thanks, Bert. A couple of new things today. The Treasury reported uh, that it's processed more than 381,000 applications for a total of about $100 billion in loans. Most of this amount has not yet been dispersed, but whether it's the value of the loans approved for lenders to process and disperse uh, in the coming days. The Treasury has continued to refine and update administrative rules for the PVP. Um, There are some new updates there as well, but most of the people that have applied are getting those directly as they go through the process. So I don't think we'll spend any time here on those. Chris, how are you doing? Have you heard anything more on your uh, relief loan yet? Uh, I'm, I'm doing fine. And I hope everyone out there today is doing fine as well. Uh, I, I did hear more and every day we go another step forward. I had a long conversation with my bank officer this morning, asking him to explain what the email I received yesterday was. And he said it to me this way. He said, uh, Chris, your application is in at the SBA. Comments are coming back from the SBA, and the credit committee at my bank is compiling everything, and then you go to funding. He said, Chris, consider the fact that you received the email that said we're now waiting on SBA, um, that you are like step two. And he said, when you were waiting for that email, you were in step one. You had given us your information, but that's as far as it had gone. So that's step one. And he said, Chris, I have so many clients that are still at step one. You're at step two. So um, know that you're moving along. That was an encouraging way to put it. Um, But still the bank is very much making decisions on, on the criteria, you know, what, what step two is, by the way, they're confirming all the documents that I gave are accurate because they're not going to just give us the money thinking, oh, yeah, Chris said he's got this much a month in payroll. Of course, he's telling the truth that they're confirming those documents. And so that's that next level. And it is taking time. And but right. I'm comfortable and, I, and I'm encouraged. Well, I will tell you, we, we uh, today we're recording this podcast on Thursday. Um, but every Thursday now, we do Thought Leader Thursdays through NWFA. So we get our steering committees together with other members uh, that are different member types, and we do four calls, one with our retailers, one with our contractors, one with our manufacturers, and one with our distributors. And out of all four of those calls today, only one person had actually gotten their money, and they got it uh, earlier today. So that was a manufacturer in Tennessee who received their funding um, but so far, no one else had actually even received confirmation on their funding, only that their application had been received or that it was in process and they would hear more later. So, um, you know, out of everybody I've talked to in, in, in the groups today and throughout the last week, that's really the only one that I've heard that has actually gone through. So I think, I don't know, you were on our contractor steering committee call today, Chris. Did, that's what I heard there as well, is that really everybody's in that wait and see mode. Yes. A couple guys were further along like I am, and a couple guys were still in the queue. One guy was in the queue for three different banks. I, I, I don't know if, I, I mean, I get it, but I don't know if that's going to help or hurt him in the end. Yeah, I, I don't think he's trying anything. I think he's just trying to get a yes from somebody, you know? Right. And, and, and maybe that was smart. I don't know. I don't think it was right or wrong. 
Um, well, it could be dependent on he may have more than one business and he may do his banking in different banks would be well, kind of what I wondered. Absolutely. But but I think where I think what I learned, though, from everyone is, like you said, out of all those calls and all the companies, only one person's been funded so far and everyone else is still in that waiting point. So that that actually comforts me, not not alarms me, because think about when you just go to apply for a regular loan it takes time you know i'm not talking about trying to get a loan for a car but when you apply for a business line of credit or a business loan i mean right. that that takes a few weeks uh it doesn't just happen so yeah. I, I think they're moving at a quick pace and and i remain optimistic and encouraged and the call yeah. everybody on the call seemed fairly optimistic as well I would say, you know, the, the cautionary tale here that I've heard, just this is just anecdotally coming out of our conference calls, just purely NWFA from what everybody I've talked to. You know, last week we talked a little bit about Bank of America was the only large bank that was initially trying to process loans. What we heard this week was that Chase um, has one person, maybe. I don't know. I'm not quite sure how, what that means other than Chase couldn't process, any, process anything until this Monday. So if you put anything into Chase... Uh, prior to this Monday, you might want to go online and reapply with Chase because what our understanding was that all of those loans that have been done prior to that that had not been done in the electronic format of Chase, those could get lost in the shuffle. So even if you've already done a loan, it's best to go on and do the electronic form again. And that, So again, maybe the larger, more regional banks, the people that are in your community that you have relationships with, Maybe your best bet for you know getting through this in a in a timely manner. I think especially. I guess the positive thing here is everybody seems to be on the contractor level. It looks like everybody seems to be still in the same boat. Um, the majority of owners are doing the right thing by their by their employees. Whether it's trying to carry the payroll as best they can until these SBAs come through, or letting them you know lay them off and let them get the unemployment. Mm -hmm. um, and they're all practicing the best possible social distancing. And some are just shutting down for two straight weeks and saying, I want to keep my guys safe. So, uh, you know, as an industry, I'm, I'm proud to be a part of it. We seem to all be doing what's required and still looking for the other side of it. I agree. And I think that's, up, that's true up and down the supply chain, whether it's having people that are six feet apart in a manufacturing plant or whether that's putting people in separate vehicles when they're going out to do a job or whether that's recognizing that, you know, with a general contractor, you're only going to be able to send in one person um, out of your trade and they have to wait until the other trades are done. There are all kinds of so many stories we're hearing uh, over the last week about the social distancing and how important that is. And, you know, obviously we want everybody to be safe, not just our employees, but our customers and our suppliers and everyone else. So, um, you know, I think we've, I think our supply chain is doing a great job from everything that we're hearing of trying to implement all of those rules. I'm sure there are some exceptions, but by and large, we're not hearing about those. We're hearing about people who are actually implementing and, and doing the right things. Yes, and and here, so here's an owner's view. Um, first of all, I think you, it's the responsibility of the owner to do the right thing. And that's always not gonna be the easy thing, by the way. But guys, just keep doing it, um, same as I'm trying to do. You know, we have a we had a small sand job uh, that started the other day. It got stained, and uh, we'll final coat it tomorrow. It's not that big. I think it's around 400 feet. We'd normally just have two guys over there, um, but we had three guys coming in, and um, so 
two guys went to the job to start. The third guy went into a different coat at another job and then came to help them. And when I went by to check on them, there's three CNR flooring dustless evacuation trucks parked in the driveway for a 400-foot job. The cost of those trucks going out like that just kills me. But in the reality, I got to put three guys to work for the day, and they got to go home with some money, right. and that's, that's the goal. So right. sometimes we're going to absorb that extra cost to keep them safe because three guys means three different vehicles. Right. That's also, though, critical. I think, you know, this came up on one of the calls today, too, is that – you know, the more you, the more individually you send people to a job site, the more your margin goes down. Accordingly, so you kind of have to know where the line is on, or how much money you might be willing to lose on a job in order to keep guys out there going to a job. So it's a delicate, a delicate balance and knowing, you know, whether you can pursue a job and lower your margin on it because you have to send three or four trucks out to get the social distancing done correctly, or whether you somehow drop below a line where it no longer makes sense to send people on a job if you're not going to have the margin to support it. I mean, it's just kind of a, again, a delicate balance. I don't, I don't disagree at all. Um, it came up on the call a few times. Uh, I believe it was John Namba who said, you know, we had four guys where we'd normally have two guys. Um, just another example of a good owner doing a good thing for his people. It, it isn't about profit right now. It, it's about reaching the other side and having a game plan. And I, I really think that the guys in the group uh, are all on the same page and working towards that same goal. So uh, I, I'm quite comfortable. So one of the things that I heard on calls today was um, sort of an interesting trend that I think is going to is going to outlive the coronavirus pandemic, and that is the uh, marriage between online and in-person sales. And we're talking specifically about the retailer showroom, um, obviously on the retailer call. And so we're seeing a lot of people going toward you know, the online shopping experience, try to trying to place Google ads and doing all Facebook ads and all sorts of electronic ways of trying to draw them into a local provider uh, from an online from a, you know, there's so many online platforms in which you can buy flooring. But um, we, we heard a lot of talk about how to try to get that marketing to the right person so that they're coming to you as a store and also what, how it's going to change the relationship um for the consumer so the consumer now is getting used to shopping online so and we heard this across the channel too we heard this from our manufacturers saying their their number of requests for samples is going through the roof because retailers are have changed the selling the sales process by this, maybe it starts online and then they they bring them over to a phone call or whatever to send samples or they might send somebody out with samples to take the measure for the job so that there's a one one touch there where they get to actually see the real product. So the the whole sales channel is 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 shifting along that retail side, and I think that just brings up the the need. One of the retailers brought up the need that all the manufacturers, you know, some of the larger companies do a good job of supplying photos and specs on their product, or um, but some of the smaller companies may not. So I think what we're going to come out of this downturn with is you know really a more of a reliance on all the tools that are out there to sell and that the consumer is going to absolutely experience or want an online experience that allows them to make a purchasing decision or get very close to making a purchasing decision. And so I can see a lot of the retail showrooms becoming more like boutique appointments. Like I know that's happening in some markets, but you know, you've already done the legwork on the front end. So when a client comes in, maybe you have four or five samples out for them because you've already talked about them or you know what their needs are and you, you bring them into the showroom based on something you already know you're going to show them as opposed to 
them walking around a showroom and, and just looking at product. So what do you think about that? What do you think about the sales process? Is that going to change, Chris? No, I, yes, 100%. I think you're right. Um, I don't think it's going to replace the brick and mortar building, but 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 you're right. It narrows the search. I mean, not for nothing, but yesterday I orchestrated a sample um, getting shipped overnighted. Uh, one of them went to L.A. and one went to Miami, and I'm up here in Boston. Um, so, yes, that's going to continue to happen. But I, I agree with what you're saying. If you go through the virtual part first, second part is when they do get to your showroom, you're not leaving them on their own for the first five minutes to walk around and, and see what they might narrow their search down to and then give them the feedback. The feedback part is already ready to happen. They're actually walking in for, for a closing meeting, to be honest, a final selection choice, if you will. And so you're going to see that streamline. And um, I think it's good. I do, because you can give them more knowledge um, over, you know, emails and a couple text messages to zero in and, People don't waste time when they've got to type it. They get right to the point. So um, I think it is going to be coming. I think it's here, and I think it will continue. Sometimes innovation doesn't come because you have the technology to do something. It comes because you have forced need that changes the way business is done. And I think that's what we're going to see on the flip side of the retail experience coming out of this is that we've had the technology for a long time to put more of the sales process online, but we haven't done it because it's not either number one, it's not comfortable or number two, the consumer hasn't demanded it. But I think coming out of this, this is all business, not just flooring, but I'm certainly going to, as a consumer, expect um, different types of service and different types of an experience for most of retail coming out of this environment. I agree, my friend. So where do we go from here? I guess we're almost to the end of another week and which puts us another week closer to the other side. And that's, that's where I keep striving for. I want to get to the other side, just like all of you. So absolutely. Um, yeah. So from my side, I'm good over here. I don't know if you have anything else to cover, but no, uh, not I, today. Hope I think we're good. I hope everyone out there is finding this valuable. Our, our goal is to just try and give you guys as much information as possible show you how many guys are in the same boat, how many other companies are in the same boat as you are, and let's all get to the other side together so we can get back to business. Um, thank you, Michael, again, and uh, thank you, Bert, and everybody, keep it real and keep it safe. All right, thanks, Chris. Back to you, Bert. Well, Michael, Chris, thanks for your time today. If you have any topics that you want us to cover right now, please let us know. I've put my contact information in the podcast description, and we look forward to your input. And as always, stay safe, and we'll talk again soon.